You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Hampton Roads has a long-running high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give them the spotlight they deserve. This is 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Here are Matt Hatfield and Coach Ed Young. It's 757 Saturday Sports Talk on the road as we are broadcasting from the Siegel Center in Richmond on the campus of VCU with the NFHS Network. It is State Basketball Championship Week with the coach Ed Young. I am Matt Hatfield. As always, 757 Saturday Sports Talk brought to you by Larry King Law, Engineer and Accident. You call 757-INJURED for Larry King. Ed Young, Matt Hatfield here with you. Ed, it's your favorite time of the year, basketball. If you're not coaching in the championship and you're still waving that 500 win towel, you like to be broadcasting and watching the hoops action from VCU. And we've had some compelling action this week so far. Absolutely, Matt. Uh, high school basketball state championships, what you play for. Yes, I wish I was on the other sideline um, where the coaches are sitting. And then also you got college basketball coming up. And, of course, the NBA is winding down. I want to get your take in just a little bit. Well, probably a little bit later on the show about a couple of the coaching situations. Jim Beheim's retirement announcement this week for Syracuse, which fell right away in the ACC tournament and some other things happening. Maybe a sleeper pick or two before Selection Sunday and everybody's filling out their brackets. I know you have some advice for that. But uh, so far, you're bragging about your picks, which are 8-0, a lot better than your NFL selections were on these high school state championship games. We've got mine up on the VIP board on Virginia Preps. Dot com. But let's take them in chronological order, and we'll have a couple of special guests later on in the program, including Stefan Welsh of Woodside going for a state championship today against Patrick Henry of Roanoke in the Class 5 boys title game. Also, we'll hear from a victorious state championship coach in the Peninsula District coming up in just a little bit here on the program, and a college basketball assistant coach who's going dancing to put on the tournament slippers, the shoes, if you will, uh, next week for the NCAA tourney as his squad won in a Interesting way, but they didn't win the conference tournament to go dancing. But let's go with the games that took place on Thursday, starting with the Class 1 girls title game. It was Rappahannock County, 70, Eastside, 65. You took them. I had Eastside in this game. Aslan Hammonds was the story. 37 points in defeat, 15 to 31. She was hitting shots from all over the floor. And Eastside never led in this game, but they were down by as many as 14 and almost mounted the great comeback to beat Rappahannock County. And it ended up being balanced scoring for Rappahannock County with five different players in double figures. That proved to be the difference along with their board work. Yeah, I, I, again, not knowing a whole lot about these teams when I first uh, got in there, the idea of who I was going to take on there. I, I, I like to watch the warm-up situation. I just looked at Rappahannock County shooting the basketball really well in there, and I just thought these girls are going to be um, – the team to go with just based on shooting. No, don't lie. You, you looked at me and said, I want to change my pick because Eastside's going to beat them and come out and beat them like a drum. And then it ended up being Rappahannock County, though, with some pretty stellar shooting. The shooting in this game was a lot better than we expected. 71% uh, from the floor for Rappahannock County in the fourth quarter. Eastside shot 50% in the first, over 61% in the third. This was a higher scoring girls game than we anticipated. It was probably some of the best shooting I've seen. Regional playoff, opening round of state playoffs including boys. Well, not a whole lot of local flavor, but Hammonds was terrific in defeat. Rappahannock County was led by Summer Shackelford's double-double of 17 points, 10 rebounds. Chloe Jenkins also had 13 points, 11 rebounds. And I'm not mistaken, Ed, I believe just one senior for each squad. So if you keep track of girls' basketball, whether you're in southwest Virginia following Eastside or 
in that little small county that is Rappahannock County, these two teams have a great chance to be back in 2024. Yeah, and I think it was kind of the theme as we gone through the state playoffs. A majority of these teams have a lot of uh, youngsters. When I say youngsters, ninth, 10th grade for sure, and of course juniors because they're underclassmen, and that minus is a whole lot of seniors. So yeah, I think these two teams, again, you would think they're coming back, have a great chance to come back because they have experience, and a lot of the young ladies coming back that were involved in that. But then again, you got to win it on the court. Let's move to our Thursday Class 1 boys game, which featured the Lancaster Red Devils coming in undefeated at 28-0. George with Maroons at 26-3. Again, a lot of underclassmen for both of these teams. And Lancaster was able to punch its ticket to 29-0 overall on this season, beating the Maroons 62-40 to capture their third state championship. Tim Rice, their former coach, won the first two state titles. This is second-year head coach Dwayne Penn getting his first as the head man at a school he once ventured the halls at. And... 30 points for Troy Henderson, who was just absolutely dazzling in that third quarter. He bunched 11 of his 13 points in that third quarter, and every time With tried to make a run, they didn't shoot it all that great from deep. Four of 13 from behind the arc, and they've been known to hit threes, including 16 in the state quarterfinals versus Twin Springs. It felt like Lancaster's answer was Troy Henderson, and he was the main scoring threat for them throughout the ballgame. Brother Tyson Henderson, who also scored 1,000 points in his career, had 14 points to go with three rebounds, three assists, three steals. But too much Henderson brothers and Lancaster going wire to wire unbeaten after handily beating both Franklin and Alta Vista earlier in the state playoffs. Very, very impressive. Yeah, you know, when you look at teams that are undefeated and they're in a state championship game, you start to wonder, well, is this where they lose, which would be the worst time of the year to lose because it's in a state title game. If you're going to lose, you want to lose a little bit earlier, get the pressure off being undefeated, get your players' attention back, and then you can get more things done. But Lancaster, other than an 11-11 first quarter score, and, and if I'm not mistaken, George Wythe had a early lead of two early in the first quarter. It was all, all... Um, Lancaster and again one of the big stats was points off turnovers because we know this is how they run was the Devils 30 to 10 points off turnovers so again Lancaster just got that running game in full gear and as you just mentioned led by the, the Henderson boys and their defense really fueled the offense their free throw shooting was not bad they kept it pretty even on the boards too many turnovers for George With, who figures to be back in this spot in the future but uh, Lancaster to close this out undefeated wire to wire it's mighty mighty impressive and this game the final score might not be indicative of how close it was at times with never made that run to make it a one or two possession game but they sort of kept it between eight and 12 much of the second half and then Lancaster just put them away late so I know that northern neck area is just celebratory they're ready for a parade there and I think closed it down the town for a few days as they celebrate this boys basketball team going wire to wire unbeaten and a special time for them. And Class 1 basketball, people look at the division and say, oh, can they compete with those? You know this from having been a Class 1 coach many years back at Suffolk High. They can play with a lot of teams in higher divisions, and their pace of play wears people out. Right. Uh, Lancaster definitely can compete with a lot of people. Now, the problem with the single-A schools is overall depth usually. Um, of course, you only need 12, 13 players on a varsity team, but their depth will drop down when they come off the bench. Now, they did play some kids um, in this ball game, but not a whole lot. They got some kids that got a little bit of floor time at the end, just so you could say they played in the state championship game. But And you referenced me at Suffolk High School years and years ago. Our record against AA and AAA, and that's back when it was single A, AA, AAA, was something like 70% winning percentage against AA and AAA teams, and we were a very small single A team, so... I understand how that can look, and Lancaster definitely would hold their own against a lot of the big boys in the area. 
Great job by Dwayne Penn and his Red Devils getting that redemption after last year losing in the state semis to then Washington in the lead. Now Westmoreland High School, they get through unscathed and win the championship. We're going through our Thursday VHSL 2023, 2023 state basketball tournament review here. And a lot of the games we called on the NFHS network here on 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Lancaster winning the Class 1 boys title and the Class 1 girls title going to Rappahannock County as we move to Class 4's games. And you'll hear from Hampton Lady Crabbers coach Sean DeBilly coming up here on our program in just a bit. They were victorious 75-63 to over Pulaski County. It was a 20-point lead, Ed. You got to call this game with Mark Fout, I believe it was. Hampton's advantage struck down to about 5, and people were going, uh-oh, is Hampton going to hold on here? Well, Kennedy Harris made sure... They held on 35 points, 11 of 21, 5 of 9 from deep. Some unbelievable shots she hit, a perfect 8 of 8 from the foul line, and then 3 assists and 2 key ones in the fourth quarter to Kalia K.D. Perry, who had 10 points, 7 rebounds, 12 boards off the bench for Jaden Hunter. Hampton was able to pull away late from Pulaski County, which gave a valiant comeback effort, but not enough as the Lady Crabbers follow up that win over Kings Fork, an emotionally charged one coming from behind in the state semis to get it done and win their Fourth state title as a program, second under Shonda Billy as the head coach. Yeah, I don't want to steal Shonda's um, thunder because we have her coming up. She's going to speak a lot about her, her ladies and winning this game. But um, a lot of energy by Hampton. They were, they've been destined to get here. That was their focus the whole time after having to share the title a few years ago, losing out on the opportunity to even go try for a title uh, last year. So I think you're looking at a team that was really, really zeroed in and, and, and uh, Kennedy Harris. Uh, the young lady going to George Mason, 35 points. She had trouble getting started. It kind of kind of looked like a box and one, a shadow defense on her early. But once she got loose and once she got that ball and started hitting shots, uh, she shot 11 for 21 in a little bit over 50% from the floor. And um, she just got her teammates so much more inclined to do things right because she was doing things right kind of put him on her shoulders. She's been doing all year and carry him all through. But let me just say this about Kenny Harris is a very good Division One player. But the Hampton young ladies do a tremendous job of playing their role, knowing Kennedy's going to get a lot of the print, a lot of the points, but they do their other things, and that's why they're state champion. There were an effort getting Kennedy on the show here in a couple weeks here on 757 Saturday Sports Talk. Certainly the headliner for Pulaski was Kesslin Seacrest, Indiana State commit, 22 points, 12 rebounds. Some of her stats may be misleading because Hampton didn't make her up to work for him. H- Hannah Kiefer had 23. They kept Paige Huff in check from deep. But all in all, it was another workmanlike win for Hampton, which got it done after beating Kings Fort coming from behind. And they remain one of the best girls programs in the area and state here. As we move along here, another girls program will be in action today in Princess Anne coming up in an hour. The Class 4 boys game, though it didn't involve two teams from the 7-5-7, it was a will of a game. Verina, 59 EC Glass 56. I know it makes our man Sonny Durth from the Pilot and Dilly Press happy because his alma mater, Verona, repeats as state champs in Class 4. We watched them beat Kings Fork on Monday night, Ed. And this was a game where Verona was on the verge of pulling away, up 12 in the third quarter. Thought DJ Best of EC Glass made a nice move to put in Dexter Harris off the bench to sort of change up their defense. And then Almondre Harris just got cooking 31 points in defeat, 11 of 21, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 4 steals. He was cramping up, but... My, oh, my, can he play, and he tried to will his team back. Yeah, the, the young fellow, uh, Amand, Amandre Harris, I mean, this kid, when the game was over, was totally spent, and I mean emotionally spent. They had a hard time getting him off the floor. They had to scrape him off the floor. He gave 100% of all he had, and you know, 31 points, 11 for 21 from the floor, 2 of 4 from the three-point line. 
7-9. The kid shot tremendously. And just watching him play, just an inspiration to his team. And uh, they just didn't give him enough firepower. Because the game started out, it was kind of sloppy first quarter. Verona 10-6. It was a sloppy first quarter. But where they really got destroyed was Verona on the boards. Out-rebounded them 40-25, including 17 offensive boards for Verona, which means um, EC Glass got 20 on the defensive end. But just too many second-chance opportunities, which Verona turned into a 16 points out of that. And then uh, um, that was probably where the big difference was for them. And the neat thing for Verina as they won this championship going back-to-back, four new starters. They lose Alfonso Fats Phillips to VCU. New guys step up every night for them. We know K.J. Weiss is probably going to get state player of the year. He made a big shot to win it for them and put them ahead after Amandri getting the lead with under a minute to go for EC Glass. On Monday night against Kings Fork, they were down eight or nine in the fourth quarter. Jerome Conway got hot, lit up the Bulldogs, scoring 16 points, 13 in the second half, 11 straight in the fourth quarter alone, and they got rebounding from Malachi Cosby. Miles Derricott came through with a huge offensive rebound. This team just found different ways to manufacture points and win, and their defense was rock solid, which a lot of these teams have to have to move on in the state playoffs and have a chance to hoist the trophy. Coming up next on 757 Saturday Sports Talk, Hampton Lady Crabbers coach Shonda Bailey. It's coming your way here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Hampton Roads has a long-running high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give them the spotlight they deserve. This is 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Here are Matt Hatfield and Coach Ed Young. All right, it is 757 Saturday Sports Talk powered by Larry King Law. If you're injured in an accident, you call 757-INJURED for Larry King here on 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1, also on virginiapreps.com and our YouTube channel. We're zooming with the state championship coach, Ed, of the Hampton Lady Crabbers, victorious over Pulaski County on Thursday in the title game for Class 4, 75-63 to to cap a wonderful 25-3 season. We're talking about Sean DeBilly, the Region 4A Coach of the Year, and I dare say going to get the State Coach of the Year. Coach, congrats on a great victory and a thrilling atmosphere and performance at the Siegel Center. Pulaski was coming back, but your team held them off and played great down the stretch. Thank you. They did. They did. We we thought we played a great first half. And then, you know, the first few minutes of the third quarter, I was like, oh, my gosh, what are we doing? Are we trying to make it a game? Um, but Pulaski, you know, they were relentless and they gave us a run for our money. Well, I think uh, Ed and I both knew coming in that Kennedy Harris was going to be a factor for sure, being player of the year in the region. And I think going to get the award for the state and the game she had, I think, lived up to the billing and more 35 points, 11 of 21, five of nine from three, three assists. And the step back three she made had people oohing and on that you've coached this young lady for the last few years. Uh, at that point, you had to be thinking, my goodness, she's in her bag and she's not going to be stopped. Absolutely. You know, if you think, Kennedy is something watching the games. You should see her in practice sometimes. I mean, sometimes I just have to say, don't pass the ball to Kennedy anymore, you know, because like, what are we, you know, she's just, she's an amazing, amazing talent. Um, you know, so, you know, we told her, like, hey, we're going to need you. They're, they're going to try to deny you as best they can. Don't let them. And, you know, she answered the call. 
Now, it's interesting, before I let Ed jump in here, you played Kings Fork in the region championship, beat them pretty handily. We spoke with Maurice Fafana on last week's show, and he said, candidly, you know, we had that hard-fought game with Manor, the top seed. I don't know if we were ready for him. He thought they'd be much more prepared for you this time around. They got up eight or nine in the second half. How much resolve and perseverance did your team show to battle back the way you did? And it wasn't just Kennedy Harris. We had some other ladies step up in that comeback win to get to the state finals. Absolutely. We told them that that was going to be our championship game there. Um, you know, I think um, the first game playing at home, we were just really, really comfortable on our floor. We're used to hitting shots there. Um, we knew, we knew that they would come in and try to make adjustments um, going in for the second game. And they did. And, um, you know, going into the fourth quarter, we were down and I just told our girls, hey, listen, this is a game of runs. You guys are the best team in the state. If you're going to show it, you have to show it now. You know, you, you have to show it now. And they came in and they just played extra, extra hard. And um, we were able to get the lead back in that game. Very proud of them. Sean, I got to ask you, uh, let's go back to your prep for Pulaski. Um, once you get done with Kings Fork, you know you're playing Pulaski, what were maybe a couple key points that you had to zero in on getting your squad ready for Pulaski? <laughs> Believe it or not, it was post defense, but you really couldn't tell from the game, right? Um, you know, we worked on um, uh, half in the high post, um, playing behind them and not letting number 12 get off of, uh, uh, get downhill on those ball screens. She was still able to do it. Um, we worked on, you know, playing in front of the high post, but, you know, that mid post was kind of tricking us up a little bit. Um, so we had some hiccups on that end of the floor that I think helped keep them in the game. But on our side, you know, we just worked on what we do best. And what we do best is trying to move that ball around, getting to our scoring pockets. Um, we worked on us getting downhill and being very, very aggressive against them. Um, we knew that they weren't a team that um, really pressed a lot. We've seen them press a couple of times on film, but we handle pressure uh, pretty well. So I didn't think that that would be a factor going into the game, any type of full court pressure. So we just worked on handling the ball in the half court. Um, when you watch them on defense, they kind of let you catch and try to, you know, pack it in a little bit um, to try to prevent you from getting into the paint. I think they did a good job uh, at that, you know, preventing Kennedy from getting into the paint as much as she normally can. So we try to set some ball screens for her to, you know, get her open, um, play a little high low. Um, and then we just told Katie, you know, our, our number 32, our big wing, Hey, if you get it, then you attack. Um, but you know, they, you know, we just worked on doing what we do well and what's gotten us here all year. I didn't want to change up too much. We made a couple of little, um, no adjustments here or there, but we basically kept to, you know, our same program. I thought a key for you was uh, number four, Paige Huff, one of their leading scorers, never really got comfortable in the game. I'm looking at stats right now. <laughs> Excuse me, one for eight from the floor, one for six from three-point line. She only ended up with um, three points, so you did a tremendous job on her. And mm -hmm. the other young lady that had stepped through, I think you mentioned earlier, the post player, number 13, uh, Hannah Kiefer. Uh, she was a little bit different, 9 of 13 from the floor. She ended up being the complimentary scorer of 23. Absolutely. But I think by you taking Huff out of the game, that hurt them. Yeah, you know, and um, we're usually a lot more aggressive in the post. I think that um, 
the way the refs kind of called the game, they weren't allowing us to be as physical and as aggressive as we are down there. Our um, our our bigs in the paint got into some foul trouble a little early, and um, we really can't risk them being out of the game because they're really the keys to our defense and our offense. You know, our post players. Um, so we were, um, you know, a little passive. I think in the in the paint, and she was just able to get off. And you know, we spent all week saying, "Oh, you know, the post defense or their post players, you know, they shouldn't be able to do this to you and do that to you." And they came in and did all of it. So, um, you know, I I think that those two players for Pulaski really did a great job. Um, we tried to uh, point out their shooters early and just told our kids if they get shots off, make sure they're not good looks. You know, make sure we're closing out hard and, um, you know, rebounding hard. These will be long rebounds, so everybody needs to block out, and we were able to do that as well. But I, the other thing before I let Matt take back over, and notice, and I think I said to you this in the uh, press room, it looked like they were sticking with shadowing uh, Kennedy early. Like they knew in their scout report, hey, she's going to get points, but we just can't let her get off. And it looked like it worked at first until Kennedy <laughs> got comfortable playing. Explain on that situation. Well, at first it looks like it looked like they were trying to box and one her. So we went into an offense um, that we had worked on in practice, and then I kind of realized, you know, it's not really a box. It's just they're they're trying to deny Kennedy the the ball harder than they are anyone else. Um, and we just ran Kennedy off the screens, and she was still able to you know get open. I think just the style of basketball, the play um, from our area and their area is just different. Um, we're used to, you know, our refs letting us play, us being really physical. Um, we're used to, you know, a couple of fouls away from the ball that aren't called and, you know, and, and that toughness and gritty. Um, so I think that helped us out in a lot, you know, a lot. So, you know, I told Kennedy, you've seen tighter, uh, you know, denials, you know, this year. So don't try it tonight, ma'am. Just, you know, go get the ball. And she was able to do that. She answered the call really well. And I think once she hit a couple of shots, um, the defender really didn't know how to play her at that point in time. You know, Kennedy is one of those kids that's very hard to guard. You know, she just is. You know, she can get downhill on you. Yeah, you know, she can run the point guard spot. And I think that kind of confused them a little bit because if you watch this on film, Kennedy doesn't run the one uh, quite as often as she did in the game the other night. We usually have Kennedy on the wing if we're not fast breaking, but we just put her at the point guard spot and let her kind of facilitate a little bit, and that helped her get more into a rhythm, and it changed the way they played her on defense. Safe to say George Mason is getting a good one. 35 points, three assists for Kennedy Harris as she led the way for Shauna Billy's Crabbers of Hampton High. State champions victorious over Pulaski County, 75-63 to 63 in the Class 4 title game for the VHSL State Tournament on Thursday at VCU. It is 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Also, our Zoom cast on virginiapreps.com and on the YouTube channel as well. And, uh, Coach, it's interesting. I remember making this comment to Ed during one of the commercial breaks that, you know, man, we all felt like that Hampton King sport game. I think he said it last week on the show. It should have been the state championship game. They should reseed things. But to Pulaski's credit, they weren't the team that got hammered pretty handily by, I think it was late Taylor, like 65 to 29, four or five years ago. You remember that state championship game. They did battle back from down. 20 in the state championship game to get down to about five against you on Thursday. But the thing I'm sure that pleases you as a coach, pleases Ed as a coach, pleases any coaches, you were a perfect, and I think this gets forgotten about 14 of 14 from the free throw line. So all that practice hitting free throws came through. 
We definitely, you know, every <laughs> for the last two weeks before we go, you know, I'm telling them go to the line and make 20, go to the line and make 20, make 20, make 20. Um, so, you know, that's how they ended practice. The last few practices, we, we stress to them how important free throws are, are, you know, especially at this point in the season, everybody can play when you get to, you know, the last four, last eight, all the teams can play. So sometimes it comes down to just stuff like, you know, loose balls, free throws. And I can say this, this is the first time ever that I recall as a coach that I've had a, a team shoot perfectly from the line and I mean I think what Ed you have our stats there what were we you said 14 for 14 so it wasn't yeah 14, so 14. I mean plenty of free throw shots and and we make them so really proud of them for focusing in and 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 getting that job done well Pulaski was eight for 11 and Ed we always talk about no rebounds no rings you don't make free throws you don't finish off these games because we've watched it all week calling some of these games on the NFHS network there have been leads that shrink quickly because teams turn it over. They miss free throws. And to Pulaski's credit, they kept battling back. But your team made crucial plays, Kennedy distributing it. She found KD, Kalia Perry, and your others stepped up to go with Kennedy. Absolutely. They did a they did a wonderful job playing as a team yesterday. I couldn't be more proud. Well, and I'm looking again, just to finish up on the stats. You both shot 43% from the floor, but you shot 45% from three. They were 35. So you took that three ball away from them. And then you got them where it really counts on the glass, 38-29, including 21 offensive rebounds. And you did a very good job of uh, second-chance points, 26-19. to 19, And then you beat them in the paint, 32-24. Um, so you got them everywhere you needed to get them. Yeah. We we have um, Jaden Hunter, is her and Kalia, Katie, they are great rebounders. I mean, just great. And Jaden just manages – to get her hands on everything. You know, Katie is the kind that can go up with two and snatch it. Jaden is, you know, going up with one hand and kind of tipping it to herself or tipping it away from the defender. So two different rebounding styles and both of them help us out tremendously. So she was able to kick out, get rebounds and kick out to uh, Kennedy for some second chance, three point shots that Kennedy hit down. I think she kicked out one to Drayana. So she did a great job on getting us those second chance shots. Be honest, Coach. I know you hurt for the seniors from a few years ago that were co-state champions, and they get a chance to play that state championship game at the Seagull Center. We were looking forward to calling it a few years ago when you had to share the title with yeah. Monica, and along with a bunch of other boys and girls programs that didn't get a chance to play at the Seagull Center because of COVID. This year, to get the full experience, how much sweeter is it in that respect? Not that this team's any better or it's you know any more gratifying than what that team went through because it was so difficult, but it was probably much more enjoyable for you to have to deal with this situation and play the game as opposed to a few years ago, I have to tell the girls, we don't get to play this game. Absolutely. I, we've, we've, you know, we've been talking about it since COVID year. We just felt like, you know, the state championship was just avoiding us, you know, it's like, no, not this year, not this year. So, you know, that, that first year with that uh, 2020 team, definitely, you know, I'm a hundred percent confident we would have won it, you know, that year. The second year, we virtually had the same team back. I felt like we would have won it again. They let the beach teams play, but for some reason, the PD teams couldn't play. So Doja was allowed to go and get a state championship, but we couldn't. Um, so that hurt us again. We were upset about that. Uh, so those that was two years that we felt like we could have gotten it and, and did, but didn't one year and then didn't at all the next year. And then last year, you know, it's time for playoffs and, two of my starters 
that actually, you know, played yesterday and started yesterday, two of them are out, you know, come on. You know, it was like a perfect storm. And the number one team, you work so hard to get here. You're playing the last place team. You've seen them on film and you're like, okay, there's no way this team is going to beat us. And they beat you, you know? So it's like, this year was just kind of like redemption for us. It's like we get an opportunity to go in and show what we are able to do. So it was definitely a sweet victory, definitely a sweet victory for my senior, especially Kennedy, because she was a freshman on that state championship team that really didn't get to finish. And to be able to go out like that, um, just couldn't be more happy for all of the seniors and, and the entire team. An awesome moment for the Hampton Lady Crabbers, their fourth state championship as a girls program, I think, since 2001, and Shana Billy's second one at the Helmet. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, and this is my, let me add, this is my third. I was one of six as assistant, so it's my second as a head coach, but I was six as assistant and one of them, so I have three with Hampton. I'm glad you brought that up because I want to throw out there we have a listener that uh, sent me a message. Uh, you know him pretty well. I believe his name is Woodrow Wagner. He said to tell you hello. He's a longtime Hampton supporter, and he's, he mentioned she learned very well from David Six, and I'm sure you've exchanged some messages with Coach Six and uh, some of those old Hampton stories yes. from your playing days, coaching days came through in this one. Yeah, Six called me today to congratulate me. I will say this, you know, David Six is probably the smartest coach that I have been under just um and and a lot of my coaching style mimics his a lot as far as x's and o's are concerned when i first got back at hampton i would call him a lot for advice on how he would handle things and you know how i look at things and um he's just had a major influence on how i coach and how i approach the game so definitely you know we learned a lot i think he he's probably had three coaches or three players that i know of that went on to coach division one basketball i was one of them Siobhan Earp is the assistant or associate head coach at North Carolina A&T. And then Wayne Nettavini played on my team and she was over at Temple. So he does a great job grooming his kids. Well, what's next for you, Shonda? I mean, I know you got to sit back and enjoy this, relax on it. And of course, as we all do in the coaching business, think about next year. Um, what, what, what's your media future for you, you and the young ladies? Well, um, boo call. We have practice on Sunday, so I'll be <laughs> Right into AAU season. Um, no vacation at all. You go straight into practice, huh? No, I'm right into it. Um, you know, in all honesty, I kind of we have a our JV girls went undefeated um, this season. Super, super, super proud of them. So we have some kids uh, coming up up the pipeline that we think will do a very good job uh, transitioning into our varsity program. We'll spend some time this summer making sure that, you know, we get them up to speed and and, um, you know, try to make waves for uh, losing those three guards that will be going on to school. But and that's part of the game. You know, we you, you get them. You only have them for four years and, you know, you wish them well and you'll miss them. But, you know, there'll be kids that are coming up behind them. So we'll just spend some time doing, you know, some drill work, some conditioning work and and, you know, hope for the best next season. Well, she's a three-time state champion coach, twice as the head coach, also as an assistant. The 
Head coach of the Hampton Lady Crabbers, victorious over Pulaski County, 75 to 63. We congratulate you. An awesome job by your girls, your entire staff. I know the whole city of Hampton, the community was out there in full force at the Siegel Center on Thursday. So proud of you and the young ladies and probably also going to be a future co-host of this show because every time I go on the road, Ed tries to boot me out and bring you in the studio to co-host with them. So uh, I'm sure that's going to happen as well as you might have a future in the media business too. Uh, all the best to you. Enjoy the uh, spring, the Thank AAU you. circuit, and uh, we look forward to catching up with you down the road. Thank you, and I'll see you guys tomorrow. I'm coming up to watch PA play, so I'm hoping Doja gets one. All right, we'll see you at VCU. That is Coach Sean DeVille, the Hampton Lady Crabbers, state champions yet again here at 757 Saturday Sports Talk, also on our YouTube channel and virginiapreps.com, where we're always zooming and keep it tuned right here to Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Hampton Roads has a long-running high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give them the spotlight they deserve. This is 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Here are Matt Hatfield and Coach Ed Young. Welcome back to 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. It's brought to you each and every week by Larry King Law. You call 757-INJURED. For Larry King with the coach, Ed Young, I am Matt Hatfield. We thank Hampton Lady Crabbers coach, Shonda Billy, for popping on after her team state championship victory. Got a couple more teams from the 757 going for gold, going for hardware, coming up top of the hour. It is Princess Anne's Lady Cavaliers taking on LC Bird. Watch it with us on the call on the NFHS network, as well as Woodside's boys basketball program. The Wolverines in the Class 5 title game taking on the Patriots of Patrick Henry High in Roanoke. Also on the NFHS Network, you'll hear from Stefan Welsh later on the program as well. But, Ed, we go to our Friday recap from the state championship games, and that meant Class 3 girls and boys, as well as Class 6 girls and boys in Carroll County. The Carroll of the County. Wasn't that a Kenny Rogers song? I thought it was. Maybe I'm getting that mixed up or messed up. Isn't that a Kenny Rogers tune? Someone look that up for us and tell us. Uh, yeah, you're messing that up. It was a Kenny Rogers song, but I don't think it was Carroll County. It was the Coward of the County, wasn't it? That's I, said I messed that up. Yeah, I think it was Coward. Yeah, I think it's so. the Carroll of the County. The Carroll County Cavaliers repeated as state champs in Class 3. Remember, they put up like 106 points in the state quarters a year ago. Well, this team was mighty, mighty good. 78-41. to 41. You had the distinct privilege of calling this game on the NFHS Network with Tim Blank. And 25-18 first quarter, Brentsville gave them a good go. Brentsville, the team that knocked out the Lakeland girls in the state quarters after losing to them a year ago in the state playoffs. But the second period was all she wrote for Brentsville. 21-2 edge. And what's fascinating to me about Carroll County, which a lot of our our loyal listeners in Tywater might not care, but around the state that follow things closely and listen to us, watch what we say and read things on virginiapreps.com, those out in Hillsville, We'll tell you, this team is special because not only do they have a couple of the top all-state players in Class 3 leading the way, Alyssa Irvin being one of them, but their third option, and she is spectacular, by the way, eight Division One offers. She's put up 38, I think, in a state playoff game, 29-8 and eight in this game with eight steals, almost a triple-double. But their third leading scorer is Jalen Hagee, who had 19.7 rebounds, and she went over 1,000 points for her career in this win. Is that not crazy? Yeah, you, you kind of think that's in a regular season situation, but then again, you got you got playoff games, and the more playoff games you go, the more opportunity you have to go get that thousand. It's still a big milestone in high school uh, basketball because most you don't play your freshman year. Let's say most freshmen are on JV. Sophomore, you could make varsity. All right, to score a thousand points in three years, you know you, you're going to go what 
333 points, and then uh, one one of the years, 334, just get 1,000. It's a lot of points. Look at you, mathematician. Do we appreciate greatness enough? I know Brentsville had a rough one in this one, had a good year, a lot to be proud of, with Aiden Yergi leading the way. I think she's going to Siena, if I'm not mistaken. But Carroll County won its playoff games by 39 points per game. We're going to see a dominant team on the boys' side later on today in John Marshall, who's undefeated, ranked number one in America. In America, Coach? Yes, in America. Plus, the Lancaster boys, who we talked about earlier from our Thursday recap, they won every game by double digits. We know how great Darnell Dozier's Lady Cavs of PA, but do people fully appreciate greatness in a team like Carroll County that wins playoff games by 39 points per game and just pretty much thrashes its competition, including a Spotswood girls team that's got five or six state titles in the trophy case, and Coach Dodson there. I mean, it, look, there, there are some teams you have to go through. It's not a cakewalk here, but they make it look like a cakewalk. Well, again, there's just tremendous teams throughout the, the state. We're not privy to everybody all the time. Of course, if anybody is, you are. You keep up to date with it better than anybody else for uh, Virginia Preps. But this game here, Carroll County, impressed me tremendously. I think as good as any girls team I've seen all year, including the big-time girls the squads. Uh, a lot of scoring, a lot of spread out scoring, pretty good, really good defense. They use it their inside game. The game was hard to broadcast. I'll say it now because it's done. I'll say it now because we may not have a lot of them because it was it was a route. I mean, it was, what was it, 25-18? It was 46-20 at halftime. But I'll give the young Bretsville girls. They hung in there. And there's some real key girls on that team that are freshmen. Sophomores on that one. Peyton Brown, the youngster for Brentsville, 11 points. She had nine, hit three threes in the first quarter. So that's a team that's going to be heard of again. No need to dwell on that one too much. Let's go to a game that was exciting and it wasn't looking that way. It looked like it was going to be a blowout when Northside took on Hope, a rematch from seven years ago in a state semis game. I got to call with one of our partners, Andy Hayes, on the NFHS network. Hopewell won that one in overtime. A couple of veteran coaches that have won state titles before. Billy Pope trying to get win number 620. Elvin Edmonds the third, who won a state title during the COVID-shortened year with his son Elvin Edmonds the fourth. now at Bucknell when they beat Abingdon in the Class 3 final. Well, Hopewell was in trouble, down 25-8 to eight after one quarter of play. I know you were thoroughly impressed with Coach Pope's Vikings shooting over 78% from the floor in the first period, but as great as they were in the first, third quarter was mighty yucky, and all of a sudden, Hopewell went from down 17 to ahead by four in the fourth quarter. We had a ball game, but Northside got the last laugh, the final flurry, if you will, winning it 58-52, and the game-tying corner three by sub Kai Logan was the difference. And how about from seven years ago when their bench was outscored 48-8 to by Hopewell, the bench was pretty even here, and they got production from so many different guys, including a couple of sophomores that people are going to love, and Michael Harvey and Cy Hardy to go with that senior leader and Lawrence Cole, who dropped 20 in the win. Yeah, Northside just come like a, a wave at Hopewell, scoring fairly decent. First quarter, 70, almost 79% uh, from the floor, including 50 from the three-point line. Well, Hopewell struggled at 33%, 33% also from the three-point line, and um, never, I mean, they got, they got end of the game shooting 47%, and Northside actually ended the game shooting 44%, so they went from 78 down to 44, but again, they did some other things that, that uh, Surratt got this game for. Well, you watched Hopewell at the scope against Lake Tiller in the Region 3A Championship. I was going in Pensacola on my uh, ODU trip, I believe it was, or I was in Myrtle Beach at the time. I forget where I was in all my travels uh, doing the play-by-play for the ladies of Old Dominion, but one of the things Hopewell is so good at is turning people over. Well, Northside had was able to turn Hopewell over 22 times. Four different starters had four turnovers. 
for the Blue Devils, and they turned that into 21 points off the turnovers. Also cashed in with fast break points with 19 of them. And really, down the stretch, the execution, the press break, the way they share the ball, the efficiency they operate with as a Class 3 program that closes out the year at 29-1, and mighty, mighty good and mighty, mighty strong. And they can contend with schools at higher classification levels. And I think their schedule, playing some teams, you know, you think of those high-pressure teams being Ty Water and Richmond teams from the 757 and 804, but Northside, if you haven't watched them play before, they're so well schooled and disciplined, and you see why they win so many games under Coach Pope. Well, Billy Pope been around long enough to get over 600 wins himself, and and I think what now two, three state titles, two state titles. This is second state titles. He got a, the the gym named after him. I mean, the guy knows what he's doing on the sideline now. He's just got to make sure that his kids transfer from the, his mindset to their mindset and go ahead and get it done. But you're right, three-headed monster for this team in terms of scoring. Uh, Lawrence Cole, Cy Hardy, and Mikael Harvey all over double figures. Now, it was just them three scoring, and one of the youngsters off the bench, Kai Logan, had a big-time three that we think that, that we all both said that we think Northside got spurred by that three-pointer. Those are the only guys who scored in the whole game for Northside, but they got enough scoring. Yeah, they figured to be back, as should Hopewell, with Cameron Mines dropping 24 points in defeat. I know a lot of the Hopewell uh, fans were disappointed by the finish, but they battled back after getting behind, and just Northside's execution was a little too much in the crunch. Maybe the game of the tournament, Ed, it was going to have an overtime game. You called it correctly. There would be one. I picked it in overtime for Manchester to win with former ODU player Rashid Wright coaching the Lancers. They come up short, though, in the OT to the Warhawks, 49-46. to I know you love Mia Wolfolk's game for Manchester, 16 points, 9 rebounds. Rain Wright had 16 points, 404 from three with eight rebounds. But Madison, without a real signature player, granted, Kayla Dixon drops 20 points in this game. They're able to recover. They had a 10-point lead, 12-2. to It was a defensive battle. They're able to recover from a 7-point deficit of 43-36 to with 422 to go and win the championship. We talk about the GOAT. Is Tom Brady the GOAT? Is Michael Jordan the GOAT? Is LeBron James the GOAT? Is Darnell Dozier the GOAT? What about Kirsten Stone at Madison? She's the GOAT. She graduates eight seniors off a three-peat team, and somehow, someway, without a whole lot of offensive scoring punch and juice, she wins another state championship against a team that looked more athletic, bigger, and dare I say faster than her squad. Job well done. Yeah, I... I that was a situation, too, when we look at the, the scoring that they, they showed from all over the floor for these young ladies in com- terms of coming out. I like um, for, um, who, who was it, on Manchester, uh, the two, the two Rainwright and the big girl inside, Mia Wolfolk. Those two girls I love to death out there, and I thought maybe they could pull this out, but obviously the other team had much more firepower throughout their squad. And Madison winning it on a old-fashioned three-point play at the end by Stella Gagufagus. Can you pronounce that? No. You you take care of the names. I just call them by their first name. They know who they are, and that works. And a kid that really, young lady that I really like for um, for for Madison, Sarah Link. Sarah Link. I just think she did a tremendous job defending inside, scoring inside, stepping out, running the offense. They ran the offense a lot through her, stepping out in a high post, kind of like the old point uh, forward point. Uh, point forward guard, whatever you want to call it. I just think they did a great job running their offense. You know why Madison won, right? Why is that? Stella got her groove back. Groove on. Groove on, not groove back? Yeah, Stella got her groove on. All right, we move, we'll move ahead here on 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1 to the final game of Friday night. 
Classics Championship that we were all looking forward to. In some ways, not to disparage the young kids and the coaches, everyone, it was underwhelming in terms of excitement entertainment because the first time they played back on December 1st, reigning state champ Hayfield, which was on a 40-game win streak earlier this season, won it 75-73 over Patriot on a Donovan Bass Briscoe runner. I watched it on the NFHS Network from my home in my man cave and loved every second of it. It was not a high-scoring affair. 52-41, the Hawks win it to repeat, and they run their winning streak over Virginia foes to 59. They lost earlier this season to Jackson Reed out of Washington, D.C., but just a combined two made three-pointers. They were a total two of 19 from deep. Both shot under 35% from the floor. Not so pretty and glamorous at times, but the Hawks won with defense and found a way led by that senior trio of Greg Jones, David King, and D.J. Holloway to get it done for Carlos Poindexter's team to go back-to-back and a belly-to-belly. Yeah, you know, this game had a lot of hype to it because the it's 6A. 6A still kind of gets the a lot of the attention. It's the bigger enrollment schools. Not to take anything from the 1A, 2A, 3A people, but um, had all the makers of a great battle. You saw the one where it was a two-point game right at the beginning of the, of the season, and I kind of thought this game would be no less both in the 60s. Did not expect them to shoot as poorly as you did, as you referenced, in the 30s for both teams. When both these teams were shooting as team, 50%, which you don't see much. But you didn't see that in this game, and you saw three-point shooting. How about this stat? Two for 19. They combined two for 19. Not that great at all. And, of course, uh, one of our locals and loyal listeners uh, from the 757, I think he's, his uncle's Michael Vick. His dad is Dwight Vick, who's come on our show before, former Virginia Tech Hokie and Hampton Crabber. Isaiah Vick battled foul trouble for the Patriots, just four points, four rebounds for him. But more than that, their point guard, Nasir Coleman, who's been really steady All-State first team a year ago, 12 points, three assists, no made threes, and seven turnovers as the Pioneers hit their first three, I think, in the game, and then they missed the next 11, and the Hawks get it done 52-41. They're the last team in Virginia to beat John Marshall. How about that? Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see if they carry that streak out, how, how far they can carry it next year. Got some decent kids back. But how about David King for Hayfield? Um, inside, double-double, had 10 points. I mean, 14 points, 14 points, 10 rebounds, 6 for 7 from the free throw line. That youngster got a lot of things done for him. And he was, again, somebody I didn't think would stand out in that game, but he did. Yeah, he was the footwork master. He was fabulous down the stretch, as was Donovan Bass Briscoe in the open court. We're going to take a timeout. We've got Saturday games to preview with you. Also here from Stefan Welsh of the Woodside Wolverines. And in our final segment, Jack Castleberry, assistant coach from Fairleigh Dickinson, who's going dancing NCAA tournament style. He from Virginia Beach out of Cape Henry Collegiate. It's all coming your way on your local sports connection. High school, college pro. We give it all to you each and every Saturday on 757 Saturday Sports Talk, powered by Larry King Law. On what station is it, Ed? Priority Sports Radio 94.1.